Yeah, we know it'll never happen, but hey, it's worth a shot. Hollywood, hire us. Meanwhile. Okay, so things I didn't like about Rise of Skywalker slash Last Jedi. They built Snoke up to be this big ass villain. <laughs> they fucking kill him in the in the <laughs> fucking, fucking second kill. act, and then you're like, wait, what the shit? Who's the fuck? Now, what I thought they were going to do is I thought they were going to turn around and make Kylo the main villain, and then it turns out Kylo's being puppeteered by fucking Palpatine. Why the fuck do we need to bring Palpatine back? We didn't. And so you've got. I've already. I'm already hating that part because I hate. I hated the fact that we retconned Rey to be a Palpatine when she, in theory, was just nobody. Which would have been an even better statement, especially with the end, how they ended number eight, The Last Jedi, with the with the boy force sweeping mm-hmm. with the broom. Anybody can be a Jedi. Anybody can be that hero. I liked that message of hope. It doesn't have to be a fucking Skywalker. It doesn't have to be a fucking... Kenobi. Kenobi. Or... It doesn't have to fucking be a Palpatine. No. You've got other people out there that are that have the force within them. They just need to know how to unlock it and use it. And you could have done so many things with that. You can still do so many things with that within the Star Wars canon. You could get because I mean you obviously we have baby Grogu, you know. Yes. You know, we're gonna see more of him, I assume, in the Mandalorian spin-offs and whatnot. Um Another thing I didn't like about Rise of Skywalker, and this is a very valid criticism, they pushed two of the best characters all the way into the fucking background. And you know who I'm talking about. Poe? Well, I was going to say Rose and Finn. Rose and Finn. Yeah. They did not deserve the shit treatment they got going into No, and I know Rose, uh, the actress who played Rose, said that originally a lot of her scenes were were with with Leia, and they got cut. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that, but it did not... It didn't look... Why they don't come around, and I don't even think the actor that played Finn has any interest in coming back into the universe. But why not... With the world we live in, again, like everything they've just announced, and we're getting a movie of the guy from Rogue One. Yeah, uh, which we don't need. I don't need to know about Andor. I don't don't need to know Cassie and Andor's backstory. But give me Poe... I want Poe and Finn traveling the galaxy as as bros. Yeah, a buddy cop that. thing. I mean, I would I'd be okay with Poe, Rose, and Finn. Oh, dude, that's even better. Because right. then you've got like then you've got like a Han Luke Leia vibe. Yeah, I would love that because there's so much. The like when they store. Oh my them, god, it's genius because it's Han Luke and Leia, but the person that's in the middle is actually Rose because Finn doesn't know who he wants to be in love with. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. And why not just be in the they're polyamorous, whatever. I Hell yeah. Update it for modern for modern I, future. <laughs> I like the, when they stormed that casino, everybody really crapped on that whole like, why do they have to go to the casino uh, in the eight? I, like, that was a fun moment. Like the freeing and the animals that were being tortured just it, to race. Like it if you had to edit if you had to re edit the film that's arguably the arc that you didn't need, but I like I liked the reasoning behind it because the reasoning behind it was to show everywhere in the everywhere in the galaxy there's inequality and there's people making money off of each side. Yes, and if I was 
I wish they would have kept going with that with that thesis. I think that it showed more about the characters, especially Rose's character, that she has a chance to free something that's being enslaved mm-hmm. and being abused and monetized. Yep. Of course she's going to do it. Yeah. Isn't that the whole point of a rebellion? Exactly. And that's, you know, in a larger sense, that should be what the rebellion is about. But when you come down to it, like the one bounty hunter that was with them said, you know, both sides are making profit off of this war. Oh, yeah. It's, like, there was, like, there's people there who were selling weapons to the Alliance and to the New Empire. Yeah. Or New Republic or whatever the hell they're calling themselves. So, yeah, it's, you know, I wanted more of that. I want... Matter of fact, if Disney has any fucking balls at all, they'll give us a fucking Underworld series of some sort. I mean, I was kind of hoping the Mandalorian would kind of be that, but I'm glad it is what it is. Book of Boba Fett might be a bit. It might be. And I wouldn't be surprised if part of uh, Andor's movie is about that, too. Yes, because he was heavily involved in... He said all the things he has done has always been for the Rebellion. So he has done a lot of shady, violent... A lot of... Yeah, because you even get a glimpse of it in the beginning of Rogue One. Yeah. Which I just rewatched the other day to kind of recompare that Darth Vader scene to the Luke Skywalker scene, and I still that Luke Skywalker scene was better. <laughs> it's, it's, it was still satisfying to see Darth Vader just. Fucking, it was, and it it, was, that was like a scene right out of the comics. Oh yeah, the Dark Horse series. I think. Well, I was really wanting to see that kind of a moment with Luke in these new movies, the like hallway scene where you got to see Luke just yeah be the badass Jedi Master we know he can be yeah. We didn't get it, but thanks to Favreau, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with with the Luke that would probably have been able to do that. Like, the Luke, yes. by the time we get to 8 and 9, that Luke who's cut himself off from the Force is probably not quite as badass, except for that one spurt of badass energy he had. That, that basically then, does it, man. That, yeah, it took him away. Like, that, I like that. It was a nice bit of poetry to, yeah. to end it by saving everybody. I liked the moments at the end where he, you know, talked to Carrie and all that. I did, um, I will say this. Back when number seven initially came out and everybody was criticizing it for being basically being episode four redo, um, I said, you know, that was a good starting point because you've already, you know, you're basically redoing the fourth movie and you're basically trying to work in new elements to it. I said, with eight, you need to go just absolute batshit crazy and see what you can get away with and then just follow up on it for, for nine. They did that, but not in the way that I expected. <laughs> right. I'm wondering, so have you seen Solo? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. I didn't hate it. I liked it. It was a fun movie. I mean... It was. It was good for what it is. Big daffy sci-fi. I mean, the cast, you can't... I mean, come on. Donald Glover as Lando is a hill I will die on. Donald Glover as Lando, Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark. Yeah, her character was fantastic. Just the amount of people in it. Like, even the the guy that played Han Solo, okay. Not who I would recast for for a young Harrison Ford, but... I'm not the one making the decisions and spending the money. Yeah, but he also wasn't terrible like everyone was making him out to be. Now, I'm curious what the Lego Movie Guys movie was supposed to be. I am curious about that, too. Because I've heard it was akin to Ace Ventura. (laughs) Okay, well, that would have been awful. That would have been awful. (laughs) So they gave it to Ron Howard. 
And I mean, I would give Ron Howard more. I, I want to see what happens because at the end, you got that moment with Amelia Clark and Darth Maul. Yeah, I need to know more about that shit. Right? Because this is Darth. This is pre new pre um, a New Hope. Right, it's where it falls in line yeah. chronologically. So this is post Clone Wars. So Darth Maul should be half machine, right? I would assume, yeah. Because clearly, Phantom Menace, he got cut in half. So we're way past that. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd like to see more. Hopefully, maybe Darth Maul will pop up in one of these series they're doing. To be fair, I need to watch all of Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance and all the animated series that have come out in the wake of all this. Yeah, there's so much of it, I don't know if I'll have time. I know, right? But I'm a Star Wars nerd, so I'm gonna. And, um... I mean, they've name-dropped Thrawn at this point. Yeah. I know, I can't wait to see that. And, of course... They're talking about casting Robert Downey Jr. for Thrawn. There was that, um... They were also talking about... I'd be on board. Jacob Isaacs? Is that his name? The guy from Patriot and Harry Potter. Oh, um, Malfoy's, Malfoy's dad, dad, right? There's talks of him as Thrawn. I could see that, too. That'd be fun. So, I mean, that's what I know. The minute they started announcing that like, Abrams is doing a trilogy, all my buddies from school that read the novels... That's what I wanted. Praying for Thrawn. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Is I wanted that. I wanted that trilogy on the screen. I still want it to this day. That give me something. Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, I want Knights of the Old Republic as well. Um, I also wanted. I personally wanted to see um, a couple of the Dark Horse series made into into live action. In particular, I wanted Dark Empire and Emp- and Empire's End. That entire arc. I wanted to see that done. Because then you could get the start of the clone. You could get the start of the cloning of Palpatine, and lead that into the Thrawn trilogy, which is where it would have fell, technically. I think in the timeline. Yeah, man. We've noticed anything. They can film things out of continuity, and then we just have to do the research to learn where to watch it in order. True, but yeah, that's. I'm still kind of hoping we get that because, in theory, what they can do is they could do because you've already you've already got a you you can do a lot of things in between episodes six and seven that we haven't explored and all you need to do is at this point we obviously have to recast leia um and you've already recast han solo in solo so all we need is a basically someone to play luke now, I saw somebody when um, Grogu reached out to the Force, everybody on the internet, as they do, went crazy about who's going to answer the call. Well, it's going to be Mace Windu, or it's going to be this. It could be Kylo. Kylo's a child at that point. It's no. not going to be Kylo. So, of course, they all ended up landing on the correct assumption of it being Luke. Yeah. And I saw some really cool fan art of Sebastian Stan. I could see him as Luke. And, I mean, they, put him in the, all, they put him in the full black thing with, with a glove. And he looked uncanny like Return of the Jedi Hamill. And even Mark Hamill has said, if you're going to recast it, this is a good call. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, they don't want to spend the money to keep body doubling and like overlaying to make young Mark Hamill. Cause yeah, that's got to Granted, cost. Disney's got money to burn, but... Yeah, but seriously. <laughs> no, just just, po- just pony up and... Do- I- 
yeah, you're going to have some fans whinge about it, but if Mark Hamill not... comes out and says awesome choice, a lot of the fa- the good fans will probably back down. Because when you have Luke Skywalker says, no, no, yeah. I approve. This is a perfect casting to carry on the legacy of Luke. Go for it. Yeah. And the thing of it is, I mean, we can't, we can't rewind time and make all of a sudden 2000. We can't make 2023 into 1983. It's just not possible guys. So do the next best thing. Just go ahead and recast everybody and do adventures in between that time period and do some of the shit that we've always wanted to see. It'd be perfect. Because, I mean, you don't... Does it have to be absolute can... You know, it doesn't even have to be absolute canon at this point. You could just... You could... Well, they've come up with what? There's the legends? Right. There's different... Now they've... Uh, instead of being canon, they have the different part, which is legends are probably stories that are being told that didn't actually happen. Sure. But anyway, the point of it is you could do, you could basically lift from all the good stories that, because there, yeah, there was a lot of bullshit that was published under the Star Wars moniker because George Lucas basically hoard out the name to everybody to sell merchandise and he got pretty goddamn rich at it too. Yeah. So yeah, there were a lot of bullshit stories, but there's also stuff that you could, there's also stuff that either you can outright use or at least adapt parts of it. You know, the decent parts. Uh, I would definitely argue the Thrawn, tro- the Thrawn trilogy it would definitely be the number one thing that I would actually just straight up adapt. Almost word for word if possible. I would... You can use the art... You can use the artwork from the comics as a template. Um, You've already got storyboards done. Yeah. <laughs> You could even go back and do Shadows of the Empire that way if you wanted to. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Um, you could do Splinter of the Mind's Eye. That was another good. That was another good story. You can have all these little standalone Star Wars stories, and you don't even have to commit them to a big screen, because Disney Plus is right fucking there. If it flops, you're not out. You're not out that hard. Yeah, as like in, to, in a theater. That's not like they have to spend the millions of dollars in marketing and ad campaigns for a theater release. No. When it's... The the Star Wars fans, the ones foaming at the mouth for more content, they're already paying for Disney+. Plus. Yeah. There's no way they're not. And they're there. All you gotta do is put it up on Facebook, new whatever debuts on Disney+, Plus, and they will be there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just like with just like with any new Marvel series or anything, uh, you your fans will be right there with you. Bam, right there. Yeah, it's that's the thing is that you 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 know your fan base. The problem and I, a lot of a lot of uh, I think the problem with we're talking about Warner Brothers and the changes they were forcing people to make for the different Batman movies, so much as even Justice League. They were trying to appeal to a more universal audience instead of what they should have done was cater to the audience they know is already going to be there. I 100% agree. I mean, you do want to try to, you do want to try to get in more of a, as wide of an audience as possible. But there are some people that are just going to be like, I just don't have an interest in Harry Potter. I just don't have an interest in DC stuff. I just don't have an interest in Star Wars, Star Trek that you just, you're not going to be able to reach those people and there's no point in trying. No. 
So instead of forcing the story and the vision and all that to all make this kind of universally appealing, no. Your audience is going to be your comic book nerds who have been there for life and their kids and their friends. And they're going to come out in hordes, especially if you're going to make it look like something off the pages jumped to life. Yeah, and The Mandalorian is the perfect example of that because Dave Filoni and John Favreau as producers and showrunners basically went that exact route. They're yeah, they tried to they tried to encourage it to be for a, a little bit wider audience, but they threw in a shit ton of fan service for all the people that have were devout fans of the Clone Wars and devout fans of like Return of the Jedi, you people know. People who've been reading Wikipedia yeah. who, who know the lore behind all... They can name drop something as much as even what Bill Burr mentioned with Operation Cinder. Right. You can name drop that and no further explanation needed because the Star Wars... Rabid Star Wars fans know what that means. Exactly. You don't have to explain it to everybody. The fans the fans that are already heavy into the lore already got it they're you're good to go that's the exact way to treat it don't you don't have to work in a backstory you don't have to work in a a monologue of a backstory you can just name drop something like it's just casual conversation and it's free advertising if you cater to your audience that you know is already going to be there word of mouth is the cheapest form of advertising Mm -hmm. and you're going to get these rabid fans who are going to go to it and if it's going to look like what they picture in their head and it's going to make them feel good and they're going to love it, they're going to go tell people about it who aren't fans. Oh, yeah. And it their excitement about it is probably, it's either going to push people away, which can happen if it's too many people too <laughs> excited. But, <laughs> like Rick and Morty. Or it's going to be, the people are more likely going to be like, so it was fun? Oh, it was amazing. Do I need to be a fan of the comics to watch it? Not necessarily. All right. Exactly. And then they're going to go watch it. Exactly. But no, we're all we're all right. that first weekend money. No, man, just. <clears throat> and like I said, this is the perfect time and the perfect medium to get away with stuff like that because you can tell so many stories now, just in a quick one shot, like ninety minute, two hour movie. I mean, for fuck's sake, we had back when you and I were kids, we had the Ewok adventure, we had the battle for Endor. You know, do stuff like that. I'm, maybe with better quality, but you know what I'm getting at is you know you don't have to try to market it anymore to a big event for a theater. No. And a lot of people, you know, back when Star Wars, back when Solo kind of bombed and Episode Nine kind of got Ooh. shitty reviews, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, well, it's it's too much Star Wars, too fast. It's Star Wars fatigue." No, that wasn't the problem. We'd been waiting for more Star Wars for, like, decades before fucking the prequels came out. And then we had to wait again before this stuff came out. It's not that you had too much content too soon. It's the quality of the content. And you would think our bar or our expectations would have lowered after the prequel. Yeah, considerably. Because, I mean, you go back and... I forget who I even started this conversation with. I'm pretty sure it was my other friend that we're going to drag on here at some point. <laughs> but um, we had a completely different... We we were just spitballing ideas one night, and we had a completely different take for how episodes 1, 2, and 3 should have went. Because when you get down to it, 
the Phantom Menace, you really didn't need most of that film to tell Anakin's uh, Anakin's mm-hmm. origin. No. Or even for that matter, how the Emperor got everything set up in motion to become, you know, the Emperor of the Galactic Senate. You didn't really need most of that. The two coolest things about the Phantom Menace, okay, the three coolest things about the Phantom Menace were pod racing, Darth Maul, and Qui-Gon Jinn. Yes. You know what? That's, you know what? That's another thing. That's, add that to your list, Disney. Give us a Qui-Gon Jinn series. Yeah. Give me that. Give me something. Tell me about Liam, and you can't tell me Liam Neeson's, you know, not a good action star. Yeah, I. I mean, we've all seen the Taken movies. He can be badass. Dark Man. I fucking love Dark Man. Give me a fucking show of that. Give me a. There's a. There's, a, there's another movie. To That's re- another one to reboot. There's another one to remake after fifteen sequels. I don't remember. There's there was quite a few sequels to. There Dark were Man. at least two. Return. I want to do that costume one time. I was showing Don like, oh man, I got the coat. I have a hat. I just need to bandage the hell out of my face. <laughs> the parts that are exposed need to look burnt or whatever. Yep. And it's like the, one of the, probably the easiest costume to do. Oh yeah. I know there was Dark Man Two, The Return of Durant, and the Dark Man Three was Die Dark Man Die. I don't know if there was anything. <laughs> I'm no, I'm dead serious. Those were the fucking. I remember. Yes. Those were the fucking sur sur titles. Oh man, I I think with Star Wars we're talking about the uh, the prequel trilogy. Yeah, the first one was too much aimed at kids and toys. A and little th- bit. And you think that maybe that's because that was the audience that they that Lucas was thinking he was aiming at? Because when seventy seven, when the first Star Wars A New Hope came out, it was kinda aimed towards kids. Yeah. And he and, thought he was aiming at that same kind of age group when he should have been aiming at the people he aimed at with A New Hope. Yeah. He should just be aiming at them because they're going to bring their kids anyway. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but it just... Two and three were the ones with actual substance. Oh my God, that third one was probably the best of the three. Absolutely it was. It definitely had the... Episode three had one of the most amazing battle sequences ever. That opening battle... Where they're um, flying through and and trying to rescue um, um, Pal- Senator Palpatine and everything, that part was fucking awesome. I thought that was the base space. I thought that was the best space battle I'd seen until later that year, Serenity came out, <laughs> and that kind of shattered my expectations. Oh a little. man, don't get me started on Firefly and Serenity and the injustice of Fox. You know what? You know someone who can write that wrong? Disney. Disney owns Fox. Oh, yeah. But it, they? it might be a hard sell now because Joss, Joss Whedon's star is kind of no longer, you know, as bright as it was. and um, It's unfortunate. Um, Nathan Fillion's off doing other stuff now. He may show up as Wonder Man on WandaVision. A fucking what? These are words that I'm not aware of. Yeah, so a, long, a while back, I think it was supposed to be in one of the Guardians movies. They're talking like one of the movie theaters in that the town where you see... I think it was Guardians 2. The movie theater was supposed to be playing a movie with... I can't remember the, the name of the actor, but it was the guy that becomes Wonder Man. Really? And it was going to be Nathan Fillion. 
Huh. And it was like just a little gag that uh, he and um, James Gunn had come up with. Wow, that's well, a now, wild ass Easter egg. I, I haven't read seen that. A random thing about WandaVision thinking that maybe Wonder Man could show up there. And <laughs> I mean, I, hey, Nathan Fillion should show up in more things. I'm okay with this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's making up for lost time since he had so many fucking projects that seem to go fucking nowhere in the late 90s early 2000s yeah simon williams yeah i don't know but that's just we'll see what happens with marvel because they're they're keeping a lot of their stuff pretty well they like watching all the fan theories go left and right but they're not gonna confirm anything you know i got it I gotta say this, I'm getting kind of sick and tired of news outlets trying to spoil shit immediately after it's released. I'm getting so tired of news outlets taking what's a rumor and purporting it as fact. Purporting it as news. Yeah. Or what the article is, is so-and-so tweeted this, and then they, they and the whoever wrote the article copies and pastes the tweet, and then the end of the article is a picture of the tweet. That is not reporting. Oh, uh, yeah, no. So-and-so said they wiped their ass today. Below is a picture of the tweet. <laughs> I fucking care. Yeah, you're just you're just retweeting. That's not news. That, that's, oh my God, that's the problem with what we consider internet journalism. It's not journalism anymore. No, it's copy and paste. <laughs> it's copy and paste, or you just... You know, the greatest thing, the greatest thing, but the funniest thing is... This idea of what we're doing, I kind of, I'm not going to say ripped off of, but it was inspired by listening to Kevin. Because Kevin Smith on Hollywood Babylon kind of does a similar thing with mm-hmm. Ralph Garman. Him and Mark Bernardin would go through different comic properties and speculate on things that could happen. Or ca- they read the news and go, oh, this is the casting, reading, leading rumor casting choice. And so all they do is go, okay, let's assume that that's the casting choice we go with. What do we do next? And they just speculate. And it's just them having fun entertaining an audience. And the next day, it's on blogs and internets everywhere about how they confirm something. And they didn't confirm fuck all. No. And we are absolutely not confirming shit. No. And it, and you'll it, get Kevin going, I didn't confirm that. Yeah. That was just me having a little fun just creative exercise just oral bullshit yeah we have zero we have zero rights to any of the ip that we're bullshitting about here on this podcast I have so zero insider knowledge and zero we have no insider knowledge nothing this is just stuff that we'd either like to see happen or think would be a terrible idea to see happen yes usually the latter yeah either way i just you get so tired of reading all that stuff that's it's not really even reporting anything. It's just, here's a tweet you could go find yourself. But no, my problem, my problem is like, okay, example, WandaVision's been out for like five seconds. Immediately, let's ruin the end of it for everyone on the internet by posting this article. No, fuck you and fuck your mother. <laughs> I hate that. Oh my I God. absolutely Who was it? hate that. There was somebody that said they wanted uh, people to wait seven days or something before they started posting spoilers. And I can't remember what 
major thing it was, and it may have been Endgame. I think it was Endgame, actually, yes. And I think it was the Russos who were just like, please give it a week. And then you can ruin it for everybody. Please, please give people a chance, at <laughs> yeah. least a fighting chance to have seen this. Because that's one that once anything major twist-wise is ruined, that the whole fucking movie just falls apart. Well, yeah. If you're already, you already know you're going to get to this moment where the fans are going to go nuts or people are going to boo. Or... Yeah. Run it? I accidentally had the main plot of the entire film ruined for me before I ever saw it. Which is probably why I don't like it as much as I liked Infinity War. I do still like it, don't get me wrong. Endgame's fucking awesome. But I liked Infinity War better because I had no clue whatsoever how that was going to end. And that was the best ending you could have ever hoped for. It was not the ending you would expect. No, no. Now, if you'd read the comic, you probably expected the ending, but... It's still like you're like they're not gonna do this. Come on, they just. And my thought, I'm sitting in the theater going, no way. They just did a Black Panther movie. They just brought Spider Man into the MCU. Bullsh. Fuck. Right. <laughs> I uh, one of my friends was like, that is. I did not expect to see. He's like, I did not expect to see a 15 year old Spider Man just evaporating into into Tony's arms. That kind of devastated me a little. Yes. So that's. And, of course, the rational side of us are thinking, going, exactly what I said. They just did a Black Panther movie that just killed. They just brought Spider-Man with, like, another movie that just was awesome. Best Spider-Man movie ever made. They're not going to let them be dead. Endgame, they'll find a way to bring them back. We don't know that. We hope that that was true. That was, and that was the thing about Endgame. You didn't know that they would actually be able to, you suspected they would because... A lot of the people that did get snapped were kind of billed as the future of the MCU going forward. And so you're like, there's no fucking way that these people can possibly stay dead. Is there? No. But after but after witnessing Infinity War, you weren't so fucking sure, were you? <laughs> no. Like, it was like, oh shit, maybe anybody is fair game. And then when you get to when you get to Endgame, it's like five years later. It's been five fucking years. Right. And they haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you're just like, oh my god. But, um, so yeah, it's, it was the whole, it was the whole reason that Game of Thrones got so big as it did, you know, the first, what, five seasons at least of it, because you had, there was absolutely zero plot armor. Anybody could be killed off in that show at any given time. Yeah, especially the ones that were like, they're the hero. It be- Damn it, they're dead. Oh, yeah, it became a running fucking joke. Oh, found a new character on Game of Thrones, and they're dead. Pedro Pascal. Right? This is the Viper. Like, this guy's awesome. What the fuck happened to his head? <laughs> Best death scene ever. Oh, my God. That but, guy. Whoo. The mountains. One big son of a bitch. But, yeah, just, I mean, that's, and I think that's the thing that's the thing that's missing from today's culture is the element of surprise and shock. We don't get that anymore because everything's pre-ruined for us by the fucking internet, by fucking fan theories, by, you know, well, by us. Well, by us. <laughs> well, we're running things on purpose. We're not right. spoiling anything that's coming out. Like, I'm not intentionally going to be like, hey, have you seen... I can't even think of anything because I've not, I've not watched the new season of Sabrina. 
which well, is the last we've, season. And we've actively talked about how we're not going to talk about WandaVision on here because we don't know who and has who has and hasn't seen it. Yeah. We have. I haven't even seen it. He has, he's seen part of it. Seen the first two Jones. episodes. And it's not, they're only half hour. Yeah. So but, the, I'm, I'm excited for She-Hulk. And again, it's probably going to be like a half hour mm-hmm. court comedy. Which I don't know if I would go comedy route with it. I would rather see like Law and Order, MCU. Hey, she she Hulk Night Court. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh my god, She Hulk Night Court. There's your reboot. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I would pay so, money. I would pay money to see a fucking um, to see the opening credits be set to the fucking Night Court but yeah, that's but that's the point I'm making is we're not surprised by anything anymore. Back when Return of the Jedi came out, and even back before that, back when Empire Strikes Back came out, nobody knew a goddamn thing about either of those two movies. Not a thing. Like the end of the Empire Strikes Back, for example, people had no idea was Darth Vader for real? Is is he really Luke's dad? People were debating on that for three whole fucking years. And, and even then, Mark Hamill didn't know it until they gave him the script that day. Right. Wait, wait, is this true? It's in the script. Like, like they didn't even know. <laughs> and you had three years to wait and find out, well, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? So that's that's the stuff that I miss. That's the stuff that I think a lot of people miss because you don't get that same sense anymore. I love, I love walking into a movie where I know almost nothing of the movie, know very little of what's going to happen and I'm completely blown away by it. It doesn't happen very often anymore because the internet. Right. But we we brought it back to Night Court. I'm going to circle that back around to end this one. And so December 9th, 2020 is when I posted can we remake Night Court? I found the article. December 17th. (laughs) TV Line reports Night Court sequel eyed NBC featuring John Larroquette and Judge Harry Stone's daughter. They are listening to you. It is. So it's apparently in the early stages of development. And why is there an ad taking over my phone? Go back. It's in early development. And the uh, daughter's name is apparently going to be Abby Stone. And uh, following her father's footsteps, she'll take the night shift presiding over Manhattan arraignment court. And the executive producer is Melissa Rauch. Okay. Big Bang Theory. Why not cast her as Abby? Brilliant. Bernadette, right? Yes, Bernadette. Yeah, she'd be perfect. And uh, she's going to be executive producer um, alongside Dan Rubin from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Where Laura Katz also credited as a producer. So, I mean... These are all good indicators. Yeah. But it also goes to prove that someone is fucking wiretapping your fucking house. And I mean, I I would watch Melissa as Abby Stone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know who this is yet to be cast. Who else would you cast? Um, Well, you've got one of the producers from Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. You could get pretty much anybody from that show. Yeah. I, again, I mean, I would love to watch it and... Richard Mull is still around. Why not have Bull show up too? Why not? I, I mean, I love Richard Mull. He needs to be in more things. <laughs> and um, 
Who hasn't played Christine Sullivan? <sighs> I don't remember. Not Christy Alley. Christy Alley was on Cheers. That was Cheers. There's a remake. Why don't we remake Cheers? Let's let's not. <laughs> I, I mean, Ted Danson's still around and acting. I had an idea for a bar comedy, but that's not exactly what I was going for. Oh, God, no. I, I don't think you could. I mean, you could remake Cheers because it's not like it did anything provocative. Well, really. I mean, it wouldn't be a great idea. I say take. I just meant have the bar as a setting for a sitcom, but you. You know, pretty much every fucking sitcom has done that in some form or another. Marky Post. Oh, Christine yeah. Sullivan. I forgot about her. Yeah. And, oh, like, trying to think what else. So, remember, uh, Harold Stone was a huge uh, Mel Torme fan. Is his daughter going to be a Michael Buble fan? Is that what? <laughs> yes. Because they would bring... Mel Torme was in quite a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Buble would show up, I think. Well, you know what? Buble's actually really fucking funny. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> uh, I could see that, and it'd be great to have. Um, I mean, John Aston is still around, isn't he? Because he was Harry's dad. God, I don't know. If we were going to do that, I would want to get it done in a window enough where you could at least have her grandfather show up. True. And get to have John Aston in there. Because that was. I mean, if they're gonna, there's so many like just stories that like they did for a little bit and then went away. Like there was the um, the kid that was um, homeless or whatever that Harry tried to adopt that never Aww. happened. Like bring him back because they kind of did that with we were talking about Girl Meets World. There was the kid that Eric was dating his mom. And that didn't work out, but he wanted to adopt the kid. They brought, not the same actor, but they brought back that character later. Oh, okay. To do something with Eric. And it was almost like, don't you remember me? I am so-and-so. I'm like, oh, oh, heartstrings <laughs> pulled. <laughs> we all had forgotten about that, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't. That's my problem, is I forget, I rarely forget things. The things I want to forget, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, again, I can't. I can't remember. Like there was a meme the other day, and it was what was the word that you misspelled the spelling bee? Tell me, you remember? And I'm like, you know what? I don't. Nope, I don't. Don't remember. Dawn does. She no wait no. Dawn said she doesn't remember what it is. She remembered it being a really easy word, but you know, you get up on stage, and there's a thing. I'm like, well, I was gonna end this. Now I'm gonna go on this tirade about spelling bees. Go for it. Why do we make literacy a competition? Like. You get kids like me who have social anxiety, who don't like to be on stage like the center of attention. Like I can do karaoke because there's all kinds of other stuff going on. The only people really focused on what I'm doing up there are people that I don't give a shit because they're my friends or my family and loved ones that are paying attention. And that's fine. I'm comfortable with making an ass of myself in front of them. But spelling bees, it's like they've, all right, here's this whole room of everybody's parents and your teachers. We're going to have you spell a word, and when you fuck it up, you will never hear the end of it because you're getting made fun of for the rest of your life. You know what? I <laughs> I can't really contribute anything to this conversation because I've never... I have a very different type of anxiety. Social anxiety has never been what I've had because I've never had any trouble. 
I think I've had stage fright a grand total of maybe three times in my entire life. And so I've never had any, I've never had a fear of public speaking. I've never had a fear of getting up on stage, singing, acting, dancing, etc. Um, that's always just come quite natural to me, in fact. It's, it's just... It's funny, I say stage fright, social anxiety, yet I was in dinner theater and show choir for four years. I think it's a little bit different, though, because for, for that, you can kind of block it out because... You're in the you're in the zone of entertaining. You yes. know what I mean. You, you, but it's not the like spelling bees. Like I was saying, like so you get a kid up there who's a little nervous anyway. Mm-hmm. They're gonna forget how to spell the simplest of words. They're gonna forget how to spell the. Yeah. yeah. Because they've got all <laughs> this other freeze. stuff. Like everyone's staring at me. Oh my god, what if I screw up? Fuck, I screwed up. Like. Mm-hmm. And then of course the bullies of the world are going to just latch onto that. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I never did a spelling bee. I always found a way to like screw up a word and get myself out of the running for it. I, uh, I'm going to tell on myself a little bit. I won first place in my geography being when I was in fourth grade. Man, I was in scholastic ball in high school, but you could ask, you could ask me the questions in a non-competitive way and I would know every answer. Maybe more than likely not the math questions. Quite a few of the science questions I would know. History, geography, literature and entertainment, yes, I could answer them all day long. You put me up there with a fucking buzzer, mine goes blank. <laughs> See, I've always I've always loved shit like Jeopardy, so I'm that I am a little competitive sometimes when it comes to trivia. Oh, I am too. Like we'll sit here and watch uh, Common Knowledge, America says, these little just quiz shows. But if you had to actually be on one, if I actually had to be, be like, on one, I'd be like dirt. Although I can't remember there was a one game show we were watching besides Beat Shazam that Dawn is convinced that we would beat Shazam. Yeah. And there was, um, now they're, they're bringing back Name That Tune. Yeah. Nice. I want to say maybe, maybe it's on TBS. I want to say, I think I saw a commercial for it on that, but. Possibly. They've been bringing back all kinds of stuff. They brought back Match Game. Match Game. They brought back this another one called, what, The Big Show? The Go Big Show or something. It's got, um. Cody Rhodes is like a judge on it. Yes. And, um, oh, Fred. The Machine. The Machine. Burt Kreischer. He's on it. I no love shirt. him. Which I makes wanna... me feel better about not wearing a shirt because I can look at Burt Kreischer and go, he's made a career out of this. And look at his dad bod. I know, right? Uh, he's, oh, as he... soon as I saw that he was involved with that show, I was like, I'm sold. I'm watching it. Yeah, he's, that guy's hilarious. He's great. And, uh, I, yeah, it's so weird. Like, I, did you know that he's? Did you know that he's who Van Wilder is actually based on? I've read that somewhere. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't picture that. Having seen his stand up, I'm like, I just can't. Can't picture him. Being oh, that. I totally can. I I can picture him being the fucking party animal. Well, that I can. And coordinating shit. I can see that maybe, but maybe not the quite the guy. It's like, oh, I just love college so much. I don't want to graduate. I see him as more than like, I love college so much I just got kicked out. <laughs> I think he was probably flunking a bit on purpose, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, that's what happened to join the Russian Mafia. I will. So I think that's a good place to put a pin in it for today. Or at least we've got two and a half hours. I'll probably divvy this up into two different episodes. Yay. So, all right. If you have... <laughs> This has been a bit more of a train wreck than even the first episode was. But, you know, some of the ideas weren't completely awful. 
and I think Hollywood should go ahead and just hire us because. Oh why wait, not? one more quick thing. Hey Hollywood, please reboot and um, press your luck because I want that. I want that's that's a game show we need to bring back. Press your luck I with think, the whammies. I think it's on Game Show Network. I don't know how new they are, but it's called Whammy. They they brought what? It back. Yeah. Where have I been? I don't know, but did you see? This is going to be way off topic, but there was a guy who beat the show. What do you mean, beat the show? So, when the original episodes aired, you know, when they came way back in the game show golden era of the 70s, right? They only had, uh, however big the square was, the lights all moved in like one of like three or four patterns. Oh. So, this guy, who was like addicted to get-rich-quick schemes, caught that. And so he, he figured out the pattern. He videotaped it. And he figured out all five. He memorized all the patterns. And he could figure out when you press the button where it's going to stop. Like he figured everything out so he could actually hit and land on a prize or land on, on money. Wow. His episode that he was on ran so long, they actually had to like, like cut it and put it in two different episodes. Because he was just going like 23 turns in a row. Holy crap. And then he would pass them on to somebody, you know, he'd run out and like, I'll pass it. He, he, he messed up a couple times because he got a little nervous or ahead of himself. Mm-hmm. But then he would just sit there and it, the, the producers of the show finally caught on. He was somehow rigging the game. But there was nothing in the rules about how you can't memorize the pattern. <laughs> so he won a lot of money plus those prizes and all I can't remember. All I saw it was on um, College Humor may have done a thing about it. I can't remember. I'll find the link to it and send it to you. They, That's it was impressive. just so weird that then they had to redo the algorithm to be more variable, so you could not memorize like twelve patterns. Right. Wow. But there was some guy that just caught on. It was the same way that people beat different video games, like Pac-Man. You realize certain ghosts do a certain pattern. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah, I can't remember. It was in one of the like Netflix documentaries, and I think even they kind of touched on it with um, that game Pixels. Oh, okay. Because they talk about like asteroids. You're right. Yeah, the Space Invaders go in a certain. Yeah, yeah. there's a different. There's a certain because I mean it is just ones and zeros. You can only program so much of it. Right. Especially at that time. So, if somebody who had a brain that could calculate that quick, they could figure out the pattern. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I think they even touched a little bit on that in uh, the book Ready Player One. Not so much the movie, but the book. Yes, they did in the book a lot. Because yeah, that was how he beat um, Joust, I think. Yep. And they talk about it with... What about... Not Adventure, was it? Pit... No. Was Adventure the one where they had to go into the secret room? To find the Easter egg, yeah. Yes. That was the final Easter egg. Yeah, that was another one where you had to memorize a pattern. Because... Like, you can't see anything. It's just a black screen. You just have to know how to move your... Oh, that would be like Haunted House, then. So, yeah, that was... There's another Ready Player One. I love that movie. I need to read the second book. Well, maybe eventually we'll get a Ready Player Two movie. Now, the book's out. So? We should get it. Apparently, there is a another Easter egg hidden. Um, But whatever it is, it's it's supposed to drastically change the Oasis. Ooh. And I don't know what it is. Like I can't quite tell if it. I'm not sure. I can't even speculate, because whatever it is, he'd hidden, and it's now the something that the kid finds out about now that he's in charge of everything. 
Huh. Neat. And so I'm sure IOI will come back trying yeah. to get a hold of this last Easter egg that's going to probably either shut the Oasis down or find a way to make it permanent. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, the world they live in is shit, so. But, like, there we see we're talking about, like, lack of creativity with all these reboots and remakes. But then you got things like that. Oh, yeah. Which it's nostalgia-based... Which is, that's all a remake is. A remake is just this idea of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing wrong with giving the audience nostalgia, but give, them, give it to us in a creative way that's not just regurgitating something we've already seen. Well, yeah, because one of my favorite things ever is mashups. You take two songs that seemingly have no business being put together, and you put them together, and it creates something completely different. And that's basically what Ready Player One is. It's a mashup of a whole bunch of things. A whole bunch of things. It's video games with like a very 80s-centric mentality because the guy who designed it all was a big fan of the 80s, which forces all this new generation of kids who want to find these Easter eggs to learn about. To study the 80s and study the movies and the music and listen to Rush, Mm -hmm. which I wish played more into the movie than it did. It was in the book a lot. Yeah, I know. I was very sad by that. So... That's the kind of stuff. Give me that. Give me movies that are built on the nostalgia, but it's a different story. Exactly. Which is what my book, Bitter Ink, is about, kind of. It's built on 90s nostalgia. Right. Which I got a rejection letter for the other day. Woo! One down. One down. Waiting for more. Come back. All right. We have uh, gone off on 15,000 tangents. That's okay. We can fix it in post. Yeah, now that'll be my job. Sorry. That's okay. All right. So, Proctor Jones signing out. Sparky. Hey, Hollywood. Hire us. Did you like what you heard? Did you hate it? Do you agree with us, or are we complete and utter morons? Please let us know at our Twitter, which is at H3U Podcast. That's the letter H. The number three, the letter U, and podcast on Twitter. Eventually, we're going to run out of ideas, and we'll just talk about our hate mail, because I do like celebrities read mean tweets. Come tweet at us, and we might just tweet back.